0: Welcome to the For Liberty and Justice podcast, where we mobilize a church, wake up the city, and take a stand for liberty and justice. I am so excited about today's episode. I feel like I've been waiting for this for years. You have no idea yet. Um, Today with me, I have the reason I got into politics in the first place. For those that don't know my story, I was sitting on the couch in 2020, and I looked over at my husband, because we didn't know if we'd have an income, and I said, this is going to end with government overreach and vaccine mandates, and they're probably going to come after our kids. And I need you to know that this is going to be the hill I die on. Yes. And once you know it, I was right. <laughs> so here I am. And joining me today, we have someone actually I absolutely honor. He is a state rep. He was the chief of staff for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. He is probably the guy who's fighting the hardest for vaccine freedom in the state of Texas. Um, Representative Brian Harrison, thank you for Woo! being on the show.
1: Yeah, Taylor, I'm excited to be here with you. I am so
0: excited to finally meet you. Yeah, like, I'm excited to meet you. I I didn't know you were the reason I got into politics, but <laughs> I realized that you were really quickly. That's awesome. No? Uh, and then no. with us, we have one of my favorite people, um, one of my dear friends, the guy who's rocking the boat the hardest in Austin, I believe, um, Nate Schatzline, our yes. founder for Liberty and Justice. Let's go.
2: Representative di- District 93. And we yeah. have only just begun That's, to rock the boat. It's going to get wild. I don't. More.
0: Every single day I get on Twitter or social media and you guys are mentioned. And I don't know. Do y'all sleep? With uh, the amount of <laughs> bills y'all are throwing out there at this point,
1: uh, well, it's it's the the bills. Keep me up a bit. My my four kids mm-hmm. under eight yes. might keep me up a little bit more. Yes. But we're but we're pins down now. As of yeah. well, as of what, one hour, two hours from now, yeah. it's gonna be bill filing deadline. Oh it's my done. goodness! So I thank I, the
2: Lord. Now we just get to go do the hard work of working those bills, mm-hmm. getting people signed on to them, mm-hmm. uh, getting them a committee hearing, working them through the committee process, getting them through calendars. Uh, there was a there was a video posted by Representative Schaefer uh, that was like this crazy. Have you ever uh, seen Dude Perfect? And so where they're doing like the crazy trick shots and he just retweeted it and said, this is like trying to get a bill passed in the <laughs> Texas house. Yes. And it's, it's so true. I mean, it is absolute insanity. Yeah. So. Y'all
0: have done, I, I lost count on a number of bills. But the magnitude and just the span they cover is huge. It's huge. Well, I
1: honestly didn't know the, the the answer to the question until mm-hmm. on the drive up mm-hmm. because we had to file our last bill. And I just asked my team, I was like, how many? Because I had no clue. So I just filed my 67th bill
2: oh my of Lord. the session. Oh, my gosh. You have and, uh, so many more than me. That's so I'm just,
1: <laughs> crazy. I'm just happy we're actually at the bill filing deadline. There, there's some relief to that.
0: How many of you have an idea? Of no, any? I don't even want to say it now. Because I've so read, I I read all of yours, I've read a majority of yours. Oh, I my goodness. My that
2: high. I, yeah,
1: think, I honestly didn't either.
2: I okay. think I have if I if I had to guess right now cuz I haven't asked my team um we just filed our last one and it's a school choice bill. Yeah. Um Oh, you did get that. We in. did it, we okay. got it in. Like it came in today. Okay. So um, so we filed it, um, but it's in the 5,000. So Lord help <laughs> well, it, us. It has
1: got a five in front yeah, of it? Yeah, it's got a five. So Ooh. that means over 5,000 bills just in the House. Which not is not that historic? I name. think
2: this may be historic.
1: I think it might be. I don't know that I've heard 5,000 before. Yeah. So.
2: I'm, just, I'm just glad. So people I'm
1: are
0: in doing the mid 20s, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You're so. doing your jobs, you're getting in there, causing up a ruckus, and I like it.
1: Yeah. Um, we well, have also so needs to get shaken up just a little bit. Heck
0: just, yeah. Just a skosh. Yeah. Just a tiny bit. Um, the first thing, because we have so much I want to cover, yeah. I just want to talk about this TASB bill y'all just did. Oh,
1: goodness. Like, let's yeah. just
0: jump into it. I want to hear it just from y'all. Let's explain what it is. Yeah. Um, Because I thought we were a right-to-work state, hmm. and I didn't realize we had teachers' unions, but TASB is... Kind
1: of. Yeah, so, so I'll maybe back up and just yeah. remind everybody what TASB is. Yeah. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. misinformation uh, out there. So it's it stands for the Texas Association of School Boards. And mm-hmm. because of the name, and you know, it sounds like it's sort of a government agency. Yeah. It sounds so official. People yeah. know that their schools belong to it. They think that some government thing that their school has to be a part of. Well, that's not true at all. It's just a random, voluntary, not-for-profit 501c3, mm-hmm. like any others, that not... One school has any responsibility or requirement to be a part of it whatsoever, and what it does, is it gets all of its money mm-hmm. from taxpayers. Yep. Because if you pay property taxes to your IS to your local school, they probably belong to Tasby. Mm-hmm. So how do they belong to Tasby? Well, they send them all your money. Well, what does Tasby do? That you would think they're out there advocating for parents or advocating for students or to improve educational outcomes. I'll tell you what, I looked at their legislative priorities for this session improving student outcomes is not even on the list. In and they've got wild. like 30 That's items. That's crazy. So they, do not, they explicitly do not care about raising student outcomes, okay? Um, what they do do with your tax money, first of all, they pay their – it's a non-profit, non-for-profit group, but they pay their executive director $1.1 million, oh,
2: good. taxpayer-funded salary. Which has to be higher than any other state. Oh, yeah. Uh, paid position <laughs> Correct. in the state. I mean, It's just crazy.
1: He may have the highest taxpayer-funded non, but he's not a government person, right? Right. Um, and then they, it's, it's even, it gets worse, though. Okay. So they provide certain goods and services to schools. Okay. But what they're really doing that's really a problem is they're taking all this tax money, and then they're using it to turn around and hire lobbyists to go and lobby the state government against the wishes and against the will and against the values of parents and mm-hmm. they do things like hire their lobbyists to go and formally advocate against, to oppose the privacy bill, the bathroom bill. So they're literally working to make sure boys can go in girls mm-hmm. bathrooms at schools. They they're matter
0: for education.
1: Oh yeah, they, 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 and they fight against parents mm-hmm. on school choice. They're yeah. one of the big, biggest reasons we don't have yeah. school choice in the state of Texas. Um, They were sending the tax money to the National School Board Association to let them team up with the Biden administration to get the FBI weaponized against parents to treat them as domestic terrorists terrorists Mm -hmm. if all they did was show up at school board meetings. So it's a left-wing liberal advocacy group that you are probably paying for.
2: And I'll tell you this. One of the things that Brian has has so adequately said, Mm -hmm. even in the beginning processes of us kind of opposing TASB, we've been against TASB for years. Like even getting involved in local school Mm -hmm. board elections. But what really triggered me wanting to get involved and me wanting to join author this bill Mm -hmm. was something that happened just a few months ago when all of a sudden TASB sent out a letter to all the educators from the school boards that they represent Mm -hmm. that just advocated for two things that were really big. One, they advocated that we use the preferred pronouns in the classroom for students. So in in other words, we're literally Mm -hmm. enabling uh, gender dysphoria. We're enabling this, uh, you know, really just twisting of mindsets. This is enabling mental illness. And so we're looking at, you know, these children that have been raised, uh, you know, in an environment where their feelings is their new truth. That's Mm -hmm. social theory, right? And truth really is relative to whatever they're feeling that morning or what they for breakfast and we see TASB not just enabling this this is part two they then said make sure that when speaking to the parents of these students you use their biological sex and the pronouns that they were born as." the reason that matters is this is a non-government agency 501c3 so they shouldn't be able to lobby anyway because you have to be a 501c4 to do so Mm -hmm. That is coming into the picture, undermining Texas parents through the public education system that our tax uh, dollars go to and expecting us to just be okay with it. And so that's where the fight really started with me, where I just said, this is not only a misuse of our funds. Mm This is an undermining of parental rights in the yeah, state of Texas. Which is huge. And so, yeah. And so, and we, we've got it. number one, I think the biggest thing that Brian has done a really good job at is calling it out. Yeah. Like we should be shouting from the rooftops that TASB is bad. Um, the second thing is we have to make sure, just like Brian's bill says, that we are not using state funds to fund an organization that works directly against the taxpayer. Yeah. And that's what this is about.
1: Cause I, and I know that uh, the Nate we, – we both, we both are honored to, and privileged – to represent almost two hundred thousand about two hundred thousand Texans, and so I talked to so many parents and they 're just at their wits end trying to understand where is this liberal indoctrination yeah. creeping in from to their to their schools and it 's bad enough that it 's happening, but what 's even worse is they don 't even know it 's the parents and their tax dollars they 're the ones funding it yeah, yeah. they don 't even have tr- they 're funding their own indoctrination of their children, and worse, Tasby is taking their tax dollars and using it to drive a wedge mm-hmm. between parents and their kids because just like Nate talked about. Teaching staff and administrators how to use one set of pronouns at school, but hide that fact from their yeah. parents.:
2: I know we've got a lot to talk about, yeah. but I want to add on one more yeah. thing that, that I didn't even realize was going on until I had some meetings with you and some school board trustees. Um, and and let's just, let me just say this. I, I believe, especially in North Texas, and I believe all across the country, we've got people waking up and mm-hmm. running for local school board. Yeah. There oh, is yeah. No more important uh, elected position. Than a local ISD trustee. That is the mo- that is the the battleground. That's the front lines. That's what we need to be pushing right now. We should be endorsing. Yeah, Look, absolutely. if you're an elected official, you should be endorsing in school board races. Mm-hmm. I-, I believe your dad is running for <laughs> school board. Good. He sure is. Yes, it, I'm and it's so huge. Asian, yep. It's so big and so big thing is this, when looking at our local school boards, and and this is what we found out was taking place, is that TASB, one of the services they provide to our local school boards, is they update them on current law that's been passed in the Texas House. Now, at first glance, when you hear updating Mm -hmm. on current law, you think, oh, they're just going to send the code, they're going to send the bill, they're going to update maybe their policy manual based on directly with that law, but what we found is they're not updating based on law, they are interpreting the law in a left-leaning agenda and then feeding it to the uh, uh, The TEA, school boards, 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 and letting everyone know, oh, this is how it should be interpreted. So now we're looking at this incredibly irresponsible Mm -hmm. system that we as taxpayers, we have to own it Mm -hmm. and we have to say no more.
0: What's the alternative? That's a great
1: question. No, it's it's a good question. And it's one I'm very proud, actually, to Mm -hmm. say that I had a public school in my district about a year ago that I was working with. They left TASB. They said, we've had enough of this. You're not serving the interests of our students, of our faculty and our staff. They've left. It's been over a year. They're doing great, but for so many of these school districts, even the school board members mm-hmm. don't realize it's a voluntary group, that there's yeah. no reason or responsibility that they have to, to, to be in TASB. So what what our bill did, and what I, and I'm i thrilled and proud to have Nate joint author. Also, we have uh, one of our colleagues, a former state school board, uh, event, sorry, state board of education mm-hmm. member, Representative Terry Leo Wilson, awesome. one of the state's leading experts on education, yes. is also the joint author wow. on the bill. We basically said, look, I'm, here's a bill that is going to defund TASB by stopping any schools from giving... Any tax money, Good. unless you stop your liberal Good. lobbying efforts. So basically, Good. you you've got to put your money with your ma- where your mouth mm-hmm. is, Casby. That's right. You prove it. Do you care about students yep. and parents and faculty, or do you care about your liberal lobby? You okay. got to choose. And
0: I think we'll probably find out very quickly.
1: Which one? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, that's I love this so much, and I can't wait to talk about it more. Yeah. I know we're going to be talking about it in a couple episodes, bringing on school board members.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but I, I, I will I ha- before we here. move on, I just want to highlight something Nate said, because it's something that I, I, I say every chance I get. Federal and state officials get, quite frankly, too much the lion's share of the attention. Mm-hmm. There is no more important elected office in the state of Texas than that of your local school board. If you want to make a difference in mm-hmm. your state, Absolutely. you don't have to run for Congress. You don't have to run for a state office. You don't That's have right. to run for a county office. Go... Get involved, run for school board, and then once you win, take some time, roll your sleeves up, actually look at what's going on there. You can genuinely affect change. You can make a difference on the biggest issue facing us, which is how do we educate the next generation of Texas. Absolutely.
0: That's so solid. All right. Kind of a very strong pivot in topics. Let's talk Title 42. Oh, yeah. Because you've been getting a (laughs) lot of attention about that, and I love it.
2: And not just you. I mean, this is something the governor is pushing.
0: It's huge, and it needs to be pushed because it's such a slap on the face to Americans, basically. Uh, You're going to force us to do certain things, but, oh, just come in and yep. they're not going to worry about anything. So tell me more about that, yep. because not a lot of people know about this.
1: No, and it's 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 really interesting for me. So Title 42 is an issue I've been working on for years. So it was a, what Title 42 was, just to back up. It, it's a provision in the Federal Public Health Service Act. Yep. And when I, uh, during the Trump administration, I was at the U.S. Department of Health and Human mm-hmm. Services. And so when, when COVID hit... We thought it was the responsible thing to do with a once-in-a-century pandemic to do everything we could to stop that that Absolutely. disease Absolutely. from crossing our borders. So it was actually our public health authority. It was a Title 42 regulation that we at Health and Human Services put in that locked the border down, Absolutely. and that was what allowed President Trump. Um, people know he was, you know, building the wall and there was Remain in Mexico, other immigration policies. It was actually us at HHS, HHS, that used our public health authority and authorized the immediate deportation and return of illegal immigrants. Um, uh, the minute they cross. And so actually at, at our peak, mm-hmm. we were deporting uh, around 90%. Think about this. 90% of all illegal border crossers within two hours uh, when this was happening, when we were running this under the Trump administration. Um, what happened is when President Biden took over, he's been trying to get rid of Title 42 since, since he got there. Mm-hmm. And we here in Texas, we've never had a situation like this we've had presidents maybe that didn't take border security serious enough but we've never had a president do everything literally everything in his power yeah. to throw the whole southern border wide, wide open to, to for the human traffickers yep. and and the drug cartels and i mean I, I say this all the time and it's it's not even a political statement it's just objective reality we have there has never been a greater marketing or advertising campaign for the human traffickers and the drug cartels That's and right. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's open border policies. Absolutely. And we here in Texas, we're, we're the first impacted. We're the most imp- impacted by this. I've been down to the border. I've seen it. I've talked to the farmers and the ranchers down there who are have, they're scared to go out at night. They don't let their, their wives or daughters, and they have them carrying weapons, and they're, mm-hmm. they're Bodies being washed up on the river, their yeah. property is being destroyed, mm-hmm. and fentanyl is, is creeping into... It's just an absolute economic, public health, national security disaster down there. I say all that as context to explain why I proposed uh, doing in Texas yeah. what we did at the federal level with a t- our own mm-hmm. Title 42 bill. So Title 42 is going to go in away, away in May. Mm-hmm. And what, what we're saying is that since Joe Biden has continued to force America to live under a state of public health and COVID tyranny yep. ever since he's been in there. We've got nationwide vaccine mandates yep. still for every health care worker. We've got travel advisories. We still have a federal public health emergency for COVID that he can't defend. I said, you know what? As long as the president is going to keep us yep. under a state of public health tyranny then the state of Texas is justified in using every tool available to us, including our public health That's authorities, right. to do the job that he won't right. do, save Texas, save America, and help shut down the southern border of the United States.
0: That The thing I don't get is if you legally want to come into America, mm-hmm. you have to be fully vaccinated. And, you, and I have friends who are stuck trying to get into America, mm-hmm. but they can't get here because they're not vaccinated. Yep. But having a wide-open border... Human trafficking is probably one of the biggest passions I think in your life yes I know. you want to fight yep. human trafficking on every single level um, personally for me it's fentanyl because I've seen so many deaths from drug overdoses as a nurse mm-hmm. and I never want to hear a mom scream the way I've heard yeah and and it's flooding our markets it's flooding our streets our kids can't be safe in Texas mm-hmm. um, I'm curious if you know you don't have to know this uh, during the border lockdown under President Trump, what did the crime statistics do? Do you even have an idea? I don't have them
1: offhand. I can assure you the border was much more secure and much more safe Mm -hmm. from a a crime perspective. But it was the most secure when we left office. And and I was there, I worked until noon, 1159 a.m. on January 20th of 2021. Mm -hmm. When we left office, we gave Joe Biden the most secure border in American history. All he had to do was nothing. Mm-hmm. And and look at what he did down there. And and I'll go to to your other point, and Nate. I know you lead up a lot of efforts on human trafficking here in Texas. We were we were criticized every single day of the Trump administration for having an inhumane border policy because right. we wanted secure borders. All right, there is nothing more inhumane. Yep. Than what's going on right, right now, because their policies are incentivizing these yeah. dangerous and treacherous journeys uh, across Central America and, and through Mexico from these women and subjecting them to rape and abuse and, and human trafficking, and, and even worse. The point that rarely we have the time to talk about, like we do here, so I love I love this format, um, is that it takes away our ability. I'm look I'm really proud, as I'm sure y'all are too, that America has this proud history and legacy of being a land where people can free, uh, flee oppression yes. and find freedom and hope and a new life. But when you have a complete wide open border that just says anybody who happens to be able to cross for whatever reason, including really bad reasons, yeah. Yeah. can come and guess what it does? It, t- it takes away our ability to use our resources that we have yep. as taxpayers and focus it on the most needy, the most oppressed, the most hungry, those who yes. truly yeah. need to have a free country to escape from. Yeah. yeah, That's what we're not able to do right now. Yeah. That's why what we're doing now is the most inhumane policy yeah, we can have. Yeah,
2: you know, I I couldn't agree. I just want, I'm just sitting here listening because it's true. You know, I think I think this bill that you've pushed with Title 42 mm-hmm. is one of the most important bills that we could pass in the 88th legislative session. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's vital. I mean, the governor has spoken about it. Mm-hmm. Other people in leadership have spoken about it. this. Is major. One of the things that uh, we were working on in the same vein when it comes to anti-human trafficking efforts is, you know. Right now we're we're facing, uh, you know, liberal cities that are seeing violent crime spike as a result of these open border policies that have been implemented from the Biden administration. And uh, we should say failed policies and failed administration. Um, And we're watching violent criminals take to our streets. We're watching fentanyl in record high numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Currently, I think the last time I talked to our sheriff, Sheriff Wayburn's absolute Mm -hmm. hero, he was down at the Capitol talking policy with us a couple weeks ago. Um, But the last statistic he told me was that right now they have seized enough fentanyl in the state of Texas, just in the state of Texas, to kill every man, woman, and child in the entire United States of America. That's absurd. It's absurd for so many reasons, but we're also seeing an attack... From the cartels uh, below the border, and, and the reason that I say that is that we have to call this what it is. It is an invasion. This is not a, a moment for us to get caught up in this false compassionate story of what well, we want to. We want to allow people to come across the border. I love what you said. Um, is that this is a place to come. Put roots down, do it the right way, and change your family history by living the American dream. The problem with open borders, it is the destruction of the American dream. It is taking what is supposed to be beautiful that our founding fathers believed in, and it's saying, forget the process. We're going to allow terrorists to come into our land and destroy the land that we love. One of the things that we're working on right now is a bill. We just filed it. I have to look up the bill number. But... um, uh, Frederick Frazier, a new freshman representative, has joined authoring it with me as well. He's former law enforcement uh, in, uh, I believe it's McKinney, it could be Dallas, and um, but he's seen this firsthand, that what we're seeing is we have local officers in our cities that are catching these violent criminals. Mm-hmm. and. Because they aren't able to currently enforce federal immigration law, we're seeing these – and, of course, because we have failed DAs that Mm -hmm. don't prosecute the law, we're seeing these violent criminals back on our streets even though they were arrested for another offense. One of the bills that we just put forward is um, our 287G program mandate, which would essentially make it to where every single county in the state of Texas – must allow their local law enforcement to be trained by ICE so that they can have federal immigration law authority um, so that we can deport violent criminals that come across our border illegally. This is vital. And it's vital for a couple of different reasons. First and foremost is that, um, you know, the big argument that comes against us when we talk about the border um, is, oh, this is a race issue. No, my friends, Mm -hmm. this is a trafficking issue. Mm -hmm. And if we don't treat this like the invasion that it is, we are not going to have the same America that we were raised in for the next generation coming up. And so I think that what's going on at the border, I, I know that our colleague, uh, Representative Matt Schaefer, is going to have some big border bills coming in, I believe. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to see how the legislature steps up this season. Um, but listen, it's it's y'all's job as activists and as the grassroots to put our feet to the fire yeah. and come advocate and make sure this stuff gets done. And let
1: me, and let me say one thing on just to give some scale to to this issue because as we talk about the problem and but sometimes just one or two little numbers can help get people's minds around this okay and i'm not going to use some rabid you know right-wing numbers here let me use the biden administration's own numbers that a lot of people didn't pay attention to by the biden administration's own math when title 42 goes away which they have promised it's going to go away in may we are going to have an increase from the record. We've already had record-smashing mm-hmm. uh, monthly numbers, okay? Last in December, it was about a quarter million yeah. uh, a month, okay? Well, by the Biden administration's own math, when Title 42 goes away, we are going to have 18,000 illegal crossings every day. Wow. That's over 500,000 a month. So what, what does that mean? The top 10, lar- the 10th largest U.S. city has about 1.1 million people in it. So that means every two months, if Texas doesn't do more here, we're gonna have the the equivalent of the tenth largest American city illegally cross our borders every two months.
2: That should alarm us. That like that is the that is absolutely absurd. You know what's shocking to me though is that We have people still defending these open border policies. And And
0: they think it's the kind thing to do.
2: As if they're humane. Yeah, exactly. And it's the opposite. Well, and let me speak to that on the humane aspect. You mentioned it earlier, and I totally forgot to hit on this. But I was recently talking to um, some activists, uh, some of the friends that we have that have gone down to the border recently in in the last 30 days. They were talking to DPS officers. And, uh, you know, they're they're talking to Border Patrol. They're talking to everyone down here, including farmers. Mm -hmm. And what they're finding is they're finding these camps that are set up where people have illegally crossed. And inside these camps, and this is pretty morbid, it's pretty Mm -hmm. awful, but they're finding the bodies of young children Mm -hmm. that have been desecrated, Mm -hmm. that these children have been raped countless times, Mm -hmm. and their vital organs have been removed and harvested Mm -hmm. for the cartel. These are the bodies that they're finding. This is the behavior we're encouraging. The open borders, let me just make it really clear, is pro-human trafficking. Open borders is pro-drug trafficking. Open borders is pro-sexual assault. Open borders is pro-cartel. That's it. It's, it's that simple. And um, I think if we don't talk about the atrocities enough, then we're going to have a nation that is lulled to sleep while the cartels take over our country. and uh, And we're not going to sit idly by and let that happen.
0: I love that. I love it so much. It's it lights such a fire in me as a mom and as a believer. Mm-hmm. Like there is an injustice that's happening mm-hmm. and I'm proud of y'all for standing up for it because these kids deserve better. Yes. I don't care if you're a Mexican kid, I don't care if you're American. Yeah. These kids deserve better. Yes. Well and the
1: stories and I mean Nate mentioning you can't tell the stories enough. I mean there there are some mm-hmm. stories that are that are in my head that I I just quite literally can't vocalize. Um it, it churns yeah. my stomach. Mm-hmm. The tactics that the drug cartels and the coyotes use down there on the border because sometimes they can't pay all the money they need to get them all the way across the border. And if they don't agree to make certain payments, I know the types of tactics they're doing Mm -hmm. to parents using their children. And quite frankly, literally, I mean, when I say abuse, I'm talking the worst Mm
2: -hmm. kind
1: in front of their parents to extort whatever kind of concession or promise um, they need. And it is absolutely... Gut-wrenching. The Secretary of Homeland Security said that we have operational control of that border. He said that under oath. That is an absolute lie. I believe he committed perjury. The only people that have operational control of that border right now are the Coyotes. Yeah. And the cartels. It's, it's not the Mexican government, and it's not the U.S. government. That's right.
0: That note, I'm about to yeah. flip the table.
1: Yeah. Um, but but, but all, other than a ha- on a happier note, happier note, while Texas shouldn't have to do this, I'm a you small are. government guy. I yeah. know you I- are. We don't want the federal government doing a lot, but securing the border is one of the few things our Constitution asks the federal government to do. They're not going to do it for at least the next two years. I do think there is critical mass in Austin, I hope. And we're going to be fighting with everything we have um, to make sure that Texas, even though we shouldn't have to to do this, we have a position. We've got the resources. So if we don't stand up and step up and do more— I mean, at some point, some people might start asking a, a fair question is, are we a little bit culpable in this? Yeah. yeah. But we've got a couple months left, and I believe we're going to do something. I'm going to work every... When,
0: when good men yep. and women sit by and do nothing, evil yep. rises. Yeah. And so I think it's it's not just your job. I think it's yep. a job of men and women around the country to mm-hmm. say enough is enough. Let's make our voices heard. Right. Let's hold the feet to the fire and let's get this done. Yeah.
1: And on the title 42 bill, um, like Nate said, I'm honored to have, I'm um, not just the, the support of Nate, but the freedom caucus mm-hmm. formally yep. supported it. The so, governor came out on the record and supported cheer, cheer. organizations across America have come out and support. So
2: I'm optimistic. It's common sense. Yep.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's all we have for today's episode. Follow us for more information at for Liberty and justice on Instagram, where we post bills of the week plus breaking news Thank you so much for listening to the For Liberty and Justice podcast, where we mobilize the church, wake up the city, and take a stand for liberty and justice. See y'all next week for part two of this podcast.